I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Happy New Year, everyone. And it was a happy end of the year for the Tampa Bay Bucks and especially for Dirk Cutter. Hey, gang, this is the Rick and Tom podcast. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times. Our producer is Steve Versnick. We are recording this from Raymond James Stadium right after the Bucks season finale. A thrilling Come from behind, 31-24 victory against the New Orleans Saints, the playoff-bound Saints, that is. In fact, we're watching the grounds crew change over the field for the Outback Bowl. So if you're listening to this podcast, this is up New Year's Day and probably Tuesday, and then the next Rick and Tom will be uh, coming to you on Wednesday morning. In other words, we're taking off New Year's Day. So we'll give you our thoughts on the college football playoffs on our next podcast. This one will be all about the Bucks. We'll get to the Dirk Cutter news in just a few moments. But how about the Bucks season finale? They win on a 39-yard TD pass from Jameis Winston to Chris Godwin with nine seconds left in the game, nine seconds left in the season, actually. And, Rick, you look at this game and you think, oh, man, what could have been with this Bucks team in 2017? Yeah, and I, I think this, uh, you know, Dirk Cutter said after the game, this sort of shows that, um, you know, with all the close games they played down the stretch, I, you know, I think they had, um, you know, five or well, in, in one score games they were three and seven after tonight. So, um, you know, this is a first place team. This is a team that won the NFC South tonight because Carolina lost to Atlanta. All three teams went into the postseason, and yet, you know, the Bucks gave them all they had. And this is a Bucks team that's, you know, playing shorthanded on defense. They've got three starters out on the offensive line, all that. And yet <clears throat> you saw some of the reasons why they have a bad record. And Jameis Winston, three interceptions. They let a, you know, kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, they missed an extra point, which looked like that was going to beat them and be the difference in the game. And yet they put together an unbelievable 95-yard drive, Tom, that I didn't think had any chance when they were facing, you know, fourth and ten at the five. And, uh, you got to give it to uh, to Jameis Winston and and a great night as well by Chris Godwin who just uh, looks like if you're looking for promise on this football team mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the guys that uh, they have to be excited about. It's funny I'm uh, I, I'm when on Twitter with Paul Delegato the the uh, meteorologist from Channel Weatherman. 15. Yeah. yeah, he's great and uh, he's a big Bucks fan and and he tweeted out at one point he goes good 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 bad. Good, 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 <laughs> bad. Good, 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 bad. Hashtag Jameis Winston. And that's exactly right. That's yeah. what you get with Jameis. Even Dirk talked about it after the game. You watch him and Rick, he threw three interceptions, as you mentioned, on Sunday. One of them, maybe not his fault. Two of them probably were his fault. The one was just awful. It's, you know, you're in field goal range and you just throw a ball up for grabs into the end zone trying to keep a play going. A bad decision. Just a bad decision. And then... Sometimes you, he'll go out and he'll make a play and say, wow, look at that throw. In fact, even on the touchdown pass, you know, they're, they're, they're at the 39-yard line. So you say, okay, they need to pick up about another five or six yards for a first down. Well, the smart play would be have Chris Goblin go out, run out about seven or eight yards, cut it to the corner, you know, an out pattern, throw it to him, step out of bounds, and then maybe you have a chance for a – you know, a 45-yard field goal or something like that. He looks at Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin takes off, runs long. And the first reaction that Dirk Cutter had was, no, what are you doing? And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, all right, nice throw. That's what you're going to get with Jameis Rick. I think that's who he is. And a game like tonight, boy, that that 
that last drive, you look at it and say, wow, I mean, if he can, if he can do that, more of that, and less of the turnovers, he got a heck of a quarterback and a pretty good football team. Yeah, well, he gives them hope, and I think that you know he's had drives like that. He's given them the lead in the fourth quarter before, but not not one quite as dramatic as tonight. And I think it's you know what what Dirk Cutter talks about, and what you saw from this football team is the compete level, and it starts with their quarterback. I think, you know, when your quarterback has the desire to win and can can you know put away bad plays like he did tonight. I mean, he said, I mean, I played terrible. You know, it wasn't my best game, and. Just seeing the guys just lifting me up on the sidelines. Jameis, we got your back. And I kept telling them, like, hey, I got you too. I got you. I got you. And I kept throwing picks, you know, but they stayed. They had faith in me, and uh, and we end up we end up finishing strong. Well, they won the game because he kept fighting. And I think the rest of his players on offense and defense fought too. They needed a big stop on defense. They got it. Um, they could have run out the clock and, and lost that game. Um, and so I, I think that's what gives you hope. Now, you know, they've got a lot of things to address in the offseason. There's no doubt about that. The defensive line can't rush the passer, and they've had trouble running the ball, though Peyton Barber has done better. Um, there's just a lot of things they have to address. But as long as that quarterback can continue to improve and can compete and fight to win as hard as he does, um, you know, I think I think it can turn. We saw – with a good draft tonight, what happened in New Orleans in, in one year, they had three seven and nine seasons, and then they get Alvin Kamara, and they, you know, uh, they get a, a corner that's a shutdown guy and a good safety and a, a right tackle, and all of a sudden they're the best team in the NFC South. So that's what the Bucks are banking on. It's funny that you mentioned that because Dirk Hutter talked about that after the game as well. You asked the question, say, "Hey, can you can you see?" Essentially, you didn't ask it this way. It was like, "Can you see light at the end of the tunnel?" And he said, "You know, New Orleans has had." I don't know, two or three losing seasons in a row, and here they are winning our division. And, uh, you know, they made a couple changes. They they hit on a couple draft picks, and, and here they are. Look, Rick, we were talking, it wasn't all that long ago where people were saying, well, maybe Sean Payton's kind of worn out as welcome in New Orleans. Maybe it's time to go somewhere else. And there was talk about him going to somewhere else. Maybe Dallas, Dallas yeah. yeah. And then uh, maybe Drew Brees. Maybe maybe it's time to break up that marriage. Maybe Drew Brees should go somewhere else if he wants to finish off his career. And here they were. They stuck together. And, Rick, this was a good football team. And, by the way, this game meant something to the New Orleans Saints. That's, you know, they didn't know for sure what was going to happen in the, in the Carolina-Atlanta game. It was a close game throughout, and it was going on simultaneously to the Bucks saints game. So, for all the Saints knew is they had to win this game to avoid, uh, you know, not winning the division and not having to go on the road. Yeah. Right, having to go on the road for and getting a wild card, which is, a, you know, you don't want to have to go three times on the road to, to get to the Super Bowl. So uh, this game meant something for them as well. And, Rick, the other point that Dirk Cutter made, and I really haven't thought about it that much, is that I, other than maybe one of the Atlanta games, I want to say, uh, most of these division games were pretty tight. Uh, yeah. Now, he only won one of them, and that matters. <laughs> But yeah. uh, but they played well within a division that sent three teams to the playoffs. Well, they played better last year. They were four and two in the division. They were just one and five this year. But to your point, um, as Dirk said, this is the way the league is set up that these games are going to be close, and um, you know you have to win them. I mean, the record is, is always going to be what people fall back on. I thought it was interesting too that Dirk, you know, in talking about uh, the Glazers' decision on Friday, I wrote a story about them bringing them back, and I, you know, he said. I thought he used an interesting word. He said, it took a lot of courage for the Glazer family to bring back, uh, you know, to bring to bring uh, me back, bring the staff back, with the record what it is. But uh, yeah, really, really appreciate that. That it took courage 
for the Glazers to bring him back after a, a, what became a five and uh, eleven season, and um, and yet um, you know Jameis Winston looks at the situation and he was asked about you know the fans and he says and uh, we believe in him and uh, and as our fans if we believe in him y'all should believe in him too you know uh, because we 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 out there busting our tail for them you know so hopefully they can trust us. And, uh, and we got to prove it, you know what I'm saying? We got to go out there and ball for our coach, but uh, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure. Uh, actually, I guarantee you that no man in that locker room won't lay, won't lay his life on the line for uh, Dirk Cutter. I don't know whether it's because, Tom, you know, John Gruden, who, you know, as we sit here tonight, might end up being going back to the Oakland Raiders and, you know, they're talking about $10 million deals. Was the price tag too high? People told me they never talked to him. But at the end of the day, this is something the Glazers haven't done. They're going to stick with the continuity of this, of this coaching staff. Uh, in, in these schemes and these players are going to add to it. There'll be a lot of changes, as there always is. Um, but I, I, think it's, uh, I think it's something that the way the team played down the stretch, um, you can certainly understand that they feel like they're close and that uh, this team believes in their head coach. I, I believe they should have brought Dirk Cutter back, Rick. I wrote that column. You broke the story, by the way, last, uh, last Friday. You broke the story that, the, that Dirk Cutter was returning for another season. I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. I think most people thought, even I thought, he he wasn't gonna make it. I didn't think it was a slam dunk, but I was I had the sense that that just he wouldn't be able to overcome four and eleven or four and twelve or five and eleven, however this thing finished off. But to your point, I will say that I I thought that um, I thought they should have brought him back, but um, the way they played the past month confirms or gives me reason to think it's a good decision to bring him back. I, I don't know that. That's necessarily played into it. I think who knows how the Glazers were. Now, if they had gotten, oh, I think completely... it did. I well, think if they got bombed the last five weeks, yeah, I understand what you're saying. There. Look, I mean, I think you know, and Jameis talked about this. A lot of things happened this year, particularly injuries, and not the least of which to him. Now he lost games, lots of them, when he was healthy. He's thrown the ball until tonight as well as he's ever thrown it these last four games, and then tonight he has the three picks, and those were more bad decisions than bad throws. Um, one was a badly executed throw, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I think you can see how, you know, things, things happen, um, that, that, you know, sort of hurt the record and and got them, got them way behind the eight ball, but, uh, and it could happen again next year. We don't know Jameis's situation. He's still facing an NFL investigation. There's a lot of things that can happen between now and next September, but, if they add to the group, the core group they have, what I'm impressed with, Tom, when I look at this football team, is the youth that they have, particularly mm-hmm. on offense. I mean, look what we saw Chris Godwin do tonight. Um, you know, they have some young offensive linemen. Marpet is hurt, obviously. They've played a lot of football, uh, you know, and, and Jameis Winston is going into his only his fourth season. So, you know, I think, I think the fact that these younger players have developed and gotten better Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In talking to Jason Light, that's been a big thing for them. Um, that you can see this coaching staff improving some of these young guys. And, you know, again, the Saints are a perfect example of, 
what can happen when you add a few young players. You know, they got two of them going to the Pro Bowl uh, in Marshawn Lattimore and, and Alvin Kamara, who they couldn't stop at all tonight. And, and that's how quickly things can change. And they're going to have a high draft pick, maybe not as high now after the win. But, um, <laughs> you know, this, this thing can, uh, can flip. And, and look, it's, it's everybody. All the chips are in the middle of the table for, for Dirk, for Jason Light. They have to get this right, and they're going to have one more year to do it. We'll spend the, the next few days, I'm sure, on our podcast talking about some of the adjustments or, or changes that need to be made for 2018. And, you know, obviously they need a pass rusher and they need help on maybe another offensive lineman and help on the secondary. But you're right. There, is, there are some nice young players there. Chris Godwin, it was interesting that Dirk Cutter compared him to Vincent Jackson, and he has a lot of a ton of respect. Who wouldn't uh, for Vincent Jackson? Um, Rick... This was funny. You and I talked about this before the season, and that is what if the Bucks were one of those teams, and we've seen it in sports a million times, in all sports, not just, not just in, in football, where you see a team starting to come a little bit, and then all of a sudden you have these big expectations and big predictions, and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, they fall flat on their face, and then it's the next season where they sort of get their act together and come back. And you wonder if that's what this team is, if they're still learning how to win these games. You know, there were a lot of games, Rick, that they should have won this year that they didn't. I mean, they finished 5-11. and 11. And I, It's not an exaggeration to say, let, let me just change a few plays here and there, and I can, get, I can get nine wins. I can find nine wins. You know, I complete a pass at the end of the New England game. Uh, the Buffalo game, you don't give up one big player. Adam Humphreys doesn't fumble at the end of that. You win that game. The Packers game, you lost in overtime. Uh, there are a bunch of other one-score games. So these were examples of they're really maybe not that far away. They, you're, you are what your record says you are, but maybe it's just one of those teams that, that was maybe we just expected a little too much too soon and they needed this year to sort of set up next year. Maybe next year it'll, it'll flip for them. Well, that's what they're hoping, and there's no guarantee of it. But if you want to look at a, you know, a team like the Carolina Panthers where Ron Rivera was 6-10 and 10 and 7-9 and nine and got that third year, right, and then they mm-hmm. took off. And, um, you know, that, that can happen um, simply because you're right. I mean, sometimes you get a little over your skis, and I think this was a team with the hard knocks, um, you know, the, the celebrity of that, the expectations generated by that. Um, you know, just what they had done last year, even though they, they didn't get to the playoffs. They were 9-7. and seven. They won five in a row. They were sort of the it team. They won the offseason, if you will, with Deshaun Jackson and O.J. Howard. And there were just so many, you know, warm fuzzies around them. And then the game started. And everything was okay. They were 2-1. and one, And then the kick started missing. And then mm-hmm. the quarterback got hurt. And then, and then, and then. And, Tom, teams... I don't matter. It doesn't matter who the team is. You're going to have adversity. No team goes through an entire NFL season without a lot of it, and it's how you handle that that's going to determine whether you win close games or not. And this team did not handle some of the adversity. You know, you had a hurricane. You had different things, and and I just think that all of this will be a lesson. You know, none of these players are going to come into training camp next year thinking we got this. You know, this is our year. They're going to understand that you earn everything in this league, every inch, every score, every win, every loss. And I just think, you know, for young players um, coming in the NFL, it's a different game. It's, this is not college football. This is, you know, these games are going to come down to the last drive most times, and you have to have the poise about you to win them. And, you know, tonight looked like every other game they had played. They were, they'd made mistakes, and they were going to lose because of their own mistakes. And yet they were good enough tonight to make a couple plays and overcome it. And that's, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be about, 
you know, them not beating themselves and then having the confidence and the maturity, and maturity is a big word with this young football team, to come back and, and make the plays to win games. Well, you talk about Dirk Carter coming back for another season. Rick, I don't know what kind of reaction you got. I got a ton of emails about it and, and wasn't good on Twitter. <laughs> you know what? Mine was kind of split. It was there were mixed, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of people, uh, more people than I thought. I, I thought most well, people. Well, they're were, just the ones that wrote you, though. <laughs> well, that's true. Here's the thing. But I mean, I wrote that I supported the, the decision. I said I thought it was the yeah, right I idea know. for them to bring it back. And there were a lot of people who wrote and said, you know what? Yeah, you can't be blowing out coaches every other year if things aren't going well. And and here's the thing. You know this well, as well as anybody, Rick. There's no more popular people in town than the backup quarterback or, you know, the next coach. We don't even know who the next coach is. That's right. And people love the next change coach. Change the coach, was, change the quarterback. Exactly. They just want somebody new. And there, in fact, there, I was getting messages all through during the game Sunday as Jameis was throwing one pick after another, like, yeah. this guy's never going to get it. They should get rid of him. They should draft a quarterback next year. But with Dirk Cutter, I was surprised there were enough people out there who said, you know what, I would give him another shot. I do think he has the look, Rick, of a guy who who sort of kind of knows what he's doing. Um, I had a bad vibe about Shiano. I lovey. I I wasn't sure about him, but I don't know. I think Cutter. I think he deserved the third year. I'll say it. I'll put it. That's the only well, way. Well, I mean, that's what they felt. They they um, debated this for a long time after every loss, and this this started you know the whole season, but certainly at the midseason um, when those streaks started happening again. And I think it came down to you know it would be unfair. Um, to hold him totally responsible for everything that happened this year, especially the quarterback getting hurt. You know, look, Bill O'Brien's coming back to the Houston Texans. Now his quarterback was knocked out for the year. I understand it's a different deal. But the fact of the matter is not many teams can win when things aren't exactly right with their, with their passer. And Jameis wasn't throwing the ball well when they played him, and then he missed three games. And even though they won two of those with Fitzpatrick, um, you know, things got, got kind of funky. So – uh, you know whether it's again whether it's because they couldn't find anybody better or they don't want to they don't want to pay coaches that don't coach anymore or what um, there is something to be said in this league for continuity and I think you know Dirk still has some holes as a head coach he does uh, and he knows what they are and he may give up play calling I don't know he may feel like it's it's more important to to uh, you know put more attention on other as- aspects of their game or maybe the play calling is the one thing that he's comfortable doing but. Uh, you know, there's an energy situation with him that I think he needs to improve on. You know, this team uh, could use a little juice. And I, I don't know where you get that, you know, from coaching or you can't change his personality. But, um, you know, they, they need to be a little tougher. They need to be more physical. They need to have a tougher training camp, I think. Um, there's a lot of things that they'll examine. But at the end of the day, he's a good football coach, you know, and, and he's going to get a third year. And many coaches in this situation don't. And many of the ones that do take advantage of it. And now Dirk's going to have an opportunity and Jason Light to take advantage of that. And let's see what they do. Yeah, Jason Light will be the other guy to tell, uh, you know, clearly he's coming back for another season. I thought he had a really good 2017 draft. A lot of the players there that have produced uh, this season, Beckworth and Beckworth and, uh, and uh, O.J. Howard, obviously, and Chris Godwin, uh, they all did a nice job this year. Um, and I thought – you know, as much as, as we talk about what, what Dirk Cutter did this season, I did think they, they lacked talent a little bit, particularly on defense. They're going to have to fix some things, including the pass rush, and that's where Dirk uh, or Jason Light uh, can, earn his, can earn his keep. Rick, let me ask you about this, because people are going to ask this question. Will the Bucks come to regret winning this last game of the season? Because it's probably going to cost them about three or four spots in the draft. 
Well, it could. And, and I mean, you know, if a guy like Saquon Barkley or somebody that's a real special player, you know, years from now goes into the Hall of Fame, you'll look back and say, <laughs> man, if they just hadn't, you know, thrown that touchdown pass. But you really got to live with that. You know, any, any you one of those. You got to play. You have well, to you, play. If you think about it, like, did the Miami game cost them a draft pick? You know, did, did the right. uh, Jets game, the win, cost them a draft pick? I mean, they won five games, okay? So. Uh, they're picking seventh, yeah. So yeah. if they had lost this game, I think they're they pretty much locked as high into five. As fourth or five. Yeah, I think yeah, five so would have been, been where so they've been. They, they end up, it's going to cost them about two spots. So, I mean, you know, you look, you can always move back up if you want to give up that, that currency and, and there's a player that you think is special. I mean, there's things you can do. But you can't go into a season or even a last game. I think I think the benefit of what they'll garner from, from this feeling, this is the last – time this team will be together this is their last memory and I think it's a lot easier to go into the offseason even with this one victory now it doesn't mean it's going to carry over and they're going to win the Super Bowl next year but when this is your last memory it makes lifting weights it makes running it makes OTAs it makes a lot of things better um, because there's only other one other team that's going to win their last game now and that's going to be the Super Bowl champions, as it turns out. So. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, Rick, because we can talk about how these games don't carry over. And I know exactly what you mean. I, I, and I agree with that. However, I think it can have a carryover effect. You cannot tell me that this game doesn't matter to Jameis Winston, that it won't help him at some point, or that Chris Godwin didn't take a giant step today. And a, and a, and a pass at the end of that game maybe is, is an example of that. And I think certainly those guys could use that, and it's a confidence builder. And maybe sometime next September October, they'll remember, hey, remember we were fourth and sure. 10 from our own five-yard line against a team that went on to go to the NFC Championship or wherever, however. To or win a Super Bowl. Trip. We don't or know how far Super, yeah. they're going to go. Yeah. Exactly. So I think those games, uh, those games can matter. I know this one is a little bit short. We're going to get home. It's New Year's Eve. Happy Once, New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for listening. Like I said, on our next podcast, we'll dig into the college football playoffs. And we'll also see what happened on Black Monday in the NFL. Dirk Cutter might have survived, but a few guys didn't. Not a happy new year for them, so we'll discuss that as well. You can check us out. Subscribe, please, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at RickTomPodcast. You can reach Rick at NFL Stride. You can reach me at Tom W. Jones once again. Thanks to our producer, Steve Verstick. Have a great day. Happy New Year, and we'll see you again in 2018. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 